eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everybody, to a Saturday matinee edition of Spits and Suds Postgame. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Thank you so much for supporting and joining us as we recap the stars finishing off a 2-1 and one road trip with a 3-2 to two victory at the Bell Center over Montreal. I'm happy because I mentioned this on Twitter and I mentioned this in past podcasts. I was like, you know, Saturday's not a gimme because I think Montreal causes Dallas some issues. And today we saw that Montreal caused some issues for Dallas. And earlier this year, anytime someone comes into your building and beats you, you know, and then you play them on the home ice. Always nice to get a little bit of retribution. Um, but Montreal plays a style, um, albeit, you know, mentioned it the other day. Haven't checked after this game, but minus 36 in goal differential. But, man, are they fast. Uh, they just need to be better defensively and obviously uh, just bulk up their offense a little bit. Martin St. Louis has some Work cut out of uh, ahead of him in the future, but you know, I mean, they're growing and they have some real nice pieces. Suzuki, Caulfield, that's a real nice line. And they gave the stars some issues today. The first line of Montreal, and I'm sounding very repetitive when I say this, but this is going to be a problem that I think more and more people will talk about for this stars team. The first line of every single team gives the stars issues and that shouldn't always be the case you need to especially if you're playing montreal who doesn't have the forward depth like a dallas does you need to shut them down um and you saw most of the scoring opportunities came from that first line of montreal but let's think optimistically two and one on this road trip you now go home you have 70 points now your road record is a very impressive 16, six and four. And you're two points up in the central division in first place. Now you have Colorado playing Florida later and you have Winnipeg playing Pittsburgh. So uh, some interesting matchups 
that we'll see later on how the central plays out stars back in action uh, again on Tuesday, another tough one against the Carolina hurricanes. The dominant line tonight on the ice was the stars line of Mason Marchment, Matt Duchesne, Tyler Sagan, Tyler Sagan gets the number one star of the game. And for good reason with his two goals, but this is a line that does more than just score. This is a line that provided some much needed offensive pressure as far as forechecking, heavy in the corners, and they did a real good job as far as keeping the puck in the hab zone. And that paid dividends. And in one of those goals that you saw Sagan, it was just such a beautiful play where Marchman along the boards does a nice kick pass, not the easiest thing to do, right to Matt Duchesne, who's also along the boards. He frees himself up. And Tyler Sagan, kudos to Tyler Sagan. When you look back at Tyler Sagan's game throughout his career, the Tyler Sagan we're seeing now is not the Tyler Sagan we saw in Boston. Uh, or his beginning years of Dallas. But he has adjusted his game for the better as far as it's kind of like a pitcher in baseball. If you're throwing 98, you can get away with it a lot of times. But as that career moves on, what's that second pitch that's going to get you out? Tyler Sagan has become a much better two-way player, and Tyler Sagan is good on the draw. And the other thing is his positioning in that dirty area in front of the opposition net has been impressive. If he stays still on that goal with that pass from Duchesne, that does not happen. But both side Tyler Sagan goals were in tight and he worked his way into position. We see Joe Pavelski do this so well, constantly moving in front of the net. So the defenseman can't you know, he has to keep an eye on the puck, but now he has to keep an eye on you. And you're positioning yourself just enough to create just enough space if the puck does come to you that you're free. And Tyler Sagan's done a real nice job of that uh, with two goals. This is a line that communicates very well together. This is a line that's in sync. Right now, it's the number one line of Dallas. Pete DeBoer made some changes prior to the game. Moved Wyatt Johnston back to Ben and Dodonoff and then put Pavelski back up uh, on that first uh, line. Boy, Joe Pavelski, man, he deserves an ice pack on the way home. <laughs> Taking two high sticks and getting tumbled another time, and Joe Pavelski just found himself on the ice a lot tonight. So uh, gutty performance. I know he's going to be thinking about a couple of missed opportunities uh, that he had in the game, a couple on the uh, doorstep, uh, but Joe will get his. Uh, he's knocking on the door with uh, 19 goals. And, uh, you know, the power play just did not click tonight. Montreal did a good job of killing the Stars' power play, but, you know, just just not, just not there. Um, but, you know, the flip side is, and Pete DeBoer said this after the game, you know, it, it's one of those things where the penalty kill actually won them the game because the penalty kill looked a lot better. Brent Severn pointed this out, and I was going to mention it as well. The stars on their penalty kill were a lot tighter tonight. And when you're tighter and when you're in sync, a lot goes well, especially when you have a Jake Ottinger in net. So you have to use your backstop to your advantage and have the confidence that your goalie is going to make those stops, especially from the corners from, from far out. But you did see that Stars shorthanded crew, when you look back, get a little bit loose. But if you noticed in today's game, 
every single time there was a loose puck, Dallas had the ability to go out and challenge because they were close to the puck. And one thing compacting does is it doesn't allow cross-ice passes. It limits the passing lanes, and it causes Montreal to shoot from the outside. So I thought Yanni Hockenpah, and I've been really hard on Yanni Hockenpah this year. Uh, I thought he did a real nice job today uh, using that long stick, uh, and the Stars basically went back to their uh, basics, which gave them so much success on their kill, and that was one of the difference makers uh, in the game. A couple of guys that might not show up on the score sheet that I thought were excellent today. Sam Steele, 75% off of face-off draws. I thought Sam Steele was all over the ice. I thought that fourth line was really, really good today. I thought it put a lot of pressure and spent a lot of time in that Montreal zone. We need to talk about Ty DeLandria. Ty DeLandria has been playing really well the last few games. Notice, he's getting the repetition on a more regular basis, and we're seeing a lot of the positives out of Ty DeLandria. What I love about DeLandria, as opposed to Erratic Foxa, and I'm not saying like Radic Fox is not good on that fourth line, but Ty DeLandria creates scoring opportunities and has a scoring touch. You want that fourth line, obviously, to play and put pressure on the forecheck and be heavy in the opposition zone. But you also need to score goals every once in a while, and that lifts the other lines up. So Ty DeLandria gives you that opportunity. So I would hope on Tuesday, I'd really like to see Ty DeLandria back in that game. I thought he was really good on the penalty kill as well. His stick was very active. He was getting in lanes. He was physical when he needed to be. And I thought he caused a lot of issues defensively as well. So I actually think this was one of Ty DeLandria's better games of the year because he really hasn't played that much. But we saw a good Ty DeLandria tonight, and I'm hoping that we can continue that. Who comes out of the lineup? Well, that's a good question. Uh, they've been rotating Riley Smith, Delandria. Today was Foxa. Maybe they go back to Dodonoff. Maybe that's something they do, and they move up Sam Steele um, onto that line with uh, Ben and Johnston. That might be something because I think one of the reasons they put the lines back together was that Pavelski hasn't been good old Joe Pavelski since going on that line with Ben and Dodonoff had a good opening game on that line, but since then it just hasn't been the same. Wyatt Johnston has excelled on that first line, but sometimes you have to spread your players out to get them clicking. And I would love to see Wyatt Johnston get Jamie Ben clicking and Evgeny Dodonoff clicking as well. And actually Dodonoff was pretty good when he was on that fourth line. Um, and he did create some scoring chances as well. So I think Dodonoff's one of those guys, especially now in his career, and he said it uh, in the post game after Buffalo, he, he just wants to win and he wants to do what's best. And if that means going on the fourth line, you know, that that's fine. But stars strong on the road. Once again, 16, six and four, as I've mentioned. Uh, so they're real good. I okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
do you want to be critical toward the end of the game? So the stars draw the double minor on the Pavelski high stick. And so they have about six minutes left. It's reviewed. It's a double minor. So four minutes in the box for Montreal. So already you're playing five on four. And when this double minors up, you have two minutes left in the game. If you go even strength, while I understand you have the opportunity and analytics might tell you go for it and put the game out of reach. How do you not have two defensemen not on the ice for that power play? I think that was a mistake by the stars coaching staff and it resulted in two breakouts where Jake Ottinger had to make key saves one off the post, but I did think he got his leg over there to cut down the amount um, that could be shot, but you gave up two breakaways, basically two high quality chances on Ottinger on a double minor. You cannot let that happen. Not only that, Thomas Harley was pinching in the zone when you're on the power play. You at times you have to play conservative and say, you know what? We're going to get shots on net, but what we're not going to do is allow breakouts, especially odd man breakouts when we have the man advantage. So I didn't like the decision by Dallas. I thought they could have got burnt on that. Turns out, you know, everything worked out well. And I also want to give a lot of kudos to Jake Ottinger on this uh, trip. When he went to the All-Star game, apparently he had a lot of chatter and gained some confidence and was around some of the elite goalies in the NHL. And he used that opportunity, and he's come back with a lot of confidence. Yes, that second goal, he lost the puck. It was an odd angle, and that happens. But you know what? Goalies let in goals. And we can't criticize our starting goalie when he gives up one in Buffalo and he gives up two in Montreal on the road. Anytime you're giving up a goal and then giving up two goals, you have a great shot of winning the game. I mean, let's think about it. If you had a 2.00 goals against average in the league, you'd be an elite goalie in the league. So giving up two is great. So I thought Jake Ottinger played really, really well. Played great in the third, but let's not forget about the first. The first 10 minutes, Montreal came out flying. They have not played a lot since the All-Star break. I think this was their second game in 12 games. So, you know, I thought Jake Ottinger made some key saves early, attacked the puck, uh, was calm, and had really good positioning around the net because Montreal had three high-quality scoring chances in the first. Stars took a while to get going. Don't understand why the Dallas Stars take so long to get going sometimes, but a big second period where they scored three goals. We also have to mention Thomas Harley. As he is one of the top-scoring defensemen in the league, and just playing really, really well offensively. I'd actually like to see him a little bit more on the power play. I know Haskinen's your PP1 defenseman. Uh, however, I would like to see Thomas Harley get some more minutes and maybe you know give Haskinen a rest every once in a while. Um, just his offensive ability and his quality of shot. Uh, wow, he you know just continues to excel. So. It is worth mentioning that Thomas Harley is a restricted free agent after this year, and the price tag is going to continue to go up. One, premium defensemen are so hard to find in this league. They're like quarterbacks. They get paid. 
So when you have a quality defenseman that's as young as Thomas Harley is, that's going to be a price tag that I think is probably going to be about six to six point five million, might even get up to seven million dollars a year. So why do I mention that now when I probably should be mentioning that in June or July? Um, because and Thomas Harley's restricted, so he is star's property, so he can't go anyplace else. Offer sheets usually do not happen for opposing teams. In fact, it's very, very rare. Uh, I personally don't understand why NHL teams keep to this kind of quiet handshake, because um, if I was a team, I would give Thomas Harley, you know, why not give him seven million dollars a year and see if the stars would match that? Uh, I would do that because if the stars do, it's, you know, a team that's pretty cap strapped at that point, despite the salary cap going up four million. But it does play a factor in that you have Duchesne up after this year and you do have Joe Pavelski up as well. And so that's going to be interesting as far as what you do. In fact, we did have one, you know, Twitter question that was asked uh, following the game from Oleg uh, at bro leg and he says i know this is a lukewarm hot take but if we could only sign one of duchene or pavs i'm choosing duchene so that is an interesting take and i would have to agree with him at this point i think you know you have to go to joe pavelski and maybe say we love you we want you here we know you like it here will you take three million as opposed to five million and hopefully the player does uh, Joe Pavelski's coming to the end of his career, and I would think that as far as cup opportunities, Dallas is probably as good as anyone unless he wants to join a Vegas or uh, maybe a Boston or one of those upper-tier teams. But his family does live here. I know he likes it here. Joe Pavelski loves him some golf, and you can play a lot of golf here year-round in DFW. So those are probably May-June conversations, but I did want to point that out. So keep that in mind as Thomas Harley just continues um, to stack on the points, continues to play well. Uh, defensively, there have been some lapses. I thought today, the first goal of the game, Nick Suzuki, you cannot let players like Nick Suzuki get behind you. I know it was a stretch pass, but I felt as though Thomas Harley was kind of looking. And I know it was an odd angle shot, but Nick Suzuki can pick those corners with authority like he did to make it one nothing Montreal. And you just can't allow those opportunities for um, good to uh, coming into elite young players like Nick Suzuki. So I think he needs to improve defensively, which I think he will. But the stars, man, do they have a uh, good one. So the other thing to think about is as Logan Stankoven and Maverick Bork continue to just light up the AHL. At some point, you have to bring them up. You cannot hold both of those players down another year. You have to either trade them, which they won't do, or you have to find roster spots. And when you find roster spots, that means somebody has to go. So maybe they, you know, if Duchesne gets offered five, six million dollars a year, maybe they say that's too rich for us because at some point the Dallas Stars have to make tough decisions. You can't sign everybody. The Dallas Stars have to make decisions and say, we're going to go with the youth movement. We're going to call these two kids up. We're betting on them that they can be viable replacements for either Pavelski or Duchesne or name the player because you still have a year left on Jamie Benn. 
You still have a few years left with Tyler Sagan, so those players are going to be around. So some interesting Maine, uh, June, uh, July kind of discussions when it when it comes to the Dallas Stars. But that's fast-forwarding as the Dallas Stars are in first place right now. As the week goes ahead, they'll play Tuesday, Thursday. Carolina on Tuesday should be a really, really good matchup. Carolina uh, currently... Uh, sits in the number two hole as they've gotten back on track with 63 points, only six points behind the Rangers for first place in the uh, Metro right now. They're seven and three of their last 10 winners of one. So, you know, Carolina is coming in here really, really streaking. And uh, they're one of the better ones in the Metro. And they're one of the better ones in the East. They have their act together. And I bet they improve as the trade deadline goes because they're a team that could, find themselves in the Eastern Conference Finals. So hopefully the Stars will find themselves in the Western Conference Finals. But for now, anytime you can get points on the road, it's good points. So yes, a lot to work on, but a good night for the penalty kill. Not a good night for the power play, especially against a Montreal team that has given up some power play goals. However, the fact is you went two and one on what I felt was a tough three-game stretch. It's a long flight home probably one of the longest for the stars of the year, four hours and about 30 minutes. So the boys can be happy, play some cards on the way home and uh, get a little bit of uh, rest as uh, they get some uh, home cooking as they await uh, Carolina. So that's going to do it for us. It's spits and suds. A couple episodes to go back. Um, still evergreen. If you want to listen to the Rich Peverly, the director of player personnel, had a real nice chat with uh, him about the future of the stars and the current makeup. And we talked about Wyatt Johnston and his future, you know, in Dallas. So, so real good conversation. So just go back onto our feed and you'll see the uh, interview with uh, Rich Peverly Had a real good week of podcasts with Ludge joining us. We talked to the director of Sean's new movie, the beer league movie that's coming out. So we talked to him yesterday. So thank you one and all for all of your downloads. We have in record months and that's awesome. And we love you for that. And that's what pumps us up to do like these Saturday broadcasts and just keep going. We had five podcasts this week. So that's awesome. The more stars talk, the better, right? That's what you guys wanted. They said, we want more stars talk in DFW. I'm glad to say we're kind of delivering it for uh, spits and suds. Also wanted to give out a shout out to the producer, Gregory Finley, who you don't hear from much, but uh, he's the all-star of this broadcast because, you know, Greg's there for me all the time. You know, when do you want to do the podcast? Cuts it up, does a great job. So uh, great job uh, behind the scenes for him. And we're seeing more comments. So thank you one and all when you, if you like spits and suds, we love that you give us like five stars on Apple. That's amazing. And when you do, if you could leave a comment, that's terrific. And you can always reach out to me at GJ Spittle on Twitter with any suggestions. You know, hey, have you thought about having this person on? Hey, this would be a great interview. What do you think of this? Uh, I love responding to you because you guys have made Spits and Suds what it is today. And together, we're growing hockey and DFW. So that's going to do it for today. And we'll talk to you uh, next week. And uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. And uh, we will talk to you later on Spits and Suds. Have a great day.